What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? Red Nation News Podcast. My name is Solomon Ali at Red Nation Hoops on Twitter. You're joined by Forrest Walker at Do Not Die Twitter. How you doing, man? Hey, pretty good. Really good, actually. Yeah, I'm in a pretty good mood. Uh, and so was, I imagine a lot of Rockets fans. Uh, the Rockets had a pretty good win, had a, had a pretty big win last night um, in probably the defining game of the season. But we'll get into that later. Pretty much after we last recorded, like right after um, one of the top five craziest moments on NBA Twitter happened. Uh, the Rockets tried to storm, I, I guess. Okay, so we have, we have the facts now, but I, I I think it's best to go in order to how the news is breaking because that's just how we received the information. And it was just a, a complete cluster. Like, we got, we got all the information bit by bit, uh, watch bomb by watch bomb. Twitter was just trying to put it together, and it was just like kind of one of those crazy moments. Like this moment is right up there with the DeAndre Jordan kidnapping saga, up there with the <laughs> yeah. the, the emoji gate, whatever you want to put it up up, up against. It, it's up there among the best NBA Twitter moments of all time, and it was just like beyond entertaining. Like it, it happened late at night, like right after Rockets lost to the Clippers. So essentially, what happened was. Uh, the game got a little chippy, which is, you know, it's not unusual. It happens, right? Um, it was pretty dang chippy, though. It was, uh, there yeah. was like a forearm shiver to Mike D'Antoni from Blake Griffin and stuff. It got a little bit out of hand. Yeah, it, it, it definitely was a little bit unusual. But, I mean, like, relative to what happened afterwards, not that unusual, right? Like, yeah. uh, the game was um, the game was fine. The Rockets uh, lost, lost against lost the Clippers. Um a good team, which is, you know, to be expected. You lose games like that. It's whatever. It was just a game, right? And um, when it really started to heat up was, again, as you mentioned, in that incident where Blake Griffin ran into Mike D'Antoni. Were you outraged by that? Like, I feel like a lot of Rockets Twitter was outraged by that. And I, and I was just kind of like, eh, like, it's, you know, it's whatever. You know, it's like not a big deal. But, like, did, did you have any strong feelings about about Blake Griffin running into DeAndre? Uh, not DeAndre, into Mike D'Antoni. Uh, it, it's kind of a sorry thing to do, I guess, but I don't know. It's just the whole teams that hate each other. Uh, I know that Mike D'Antoni seemed to hate it. I kind of like that he was sort of, uh, screaming F you at Blake Griffin. That was, that, that was, that was a show of passion for sure. That was, a, I've never seen that before ever. I've been, I've been watching basketball a long ass time. I've never seen a coach cuss at a player like that. It's just, uh, that, that was, that was just like. What the hell just happened? Those are one those kind of moments, like where Mike D'Antoni blatantly cusses. The camera catches it, and and it was just a big skirmish. Skirmish where Chris Paul tried to back him up. Pretty much the Rockets uh, in general were you know 
caping for D'Antoni and trying to back up. And then in the corner, I think it was like um, I don't know what the hell. I think Ariza had the ball and and uh, and Montrezl Harrell might have shut him down or something. And and Austin Rivers was in the corner just talking a whole bunch of trash on that possession. Yeah. The Trevor Ariza yeah, sure was. Yeah. Um, and including Patrick Beverly, but we're not going to talk about. We're going to pretend like that just didn't happen. We're just going to pretend like Patrick Beverly was not yeah. rooting openly rooting <laughs> against the Rockets. But it's important, yeah, Austin Rivers was chirping a whole bunch, and he was pissing off a lot of the Rockets while he was at it. Right. That's he, important. He was he was wearing he was wearing his expensive suit out there. He was hurt. He was in a walking boot. Um, and he was just talking all kinds of <laughs> Like, he was just like, and it was just like, it was irritating the hell out of the Rockets players, um, including uh, one Trevor Reza who went up to Austin Rivers, had to be separated. I think Blake Griffin approached him. And it was just like like Austin Rivers has a reputation around the league as being a guy that pretty much nobody likes. Like I I, I haven't really heard <laughs> I, yeah I haven't really heard a glowing account of Austin Rivers like oh he's just a good guy to be around I, I love him like whatever you know like I never really heard that uh, from anybody around Austin Rivers camp. I mean by all accounts uh, a lot of people don't like him like he I guess he gives a, a sort of entitlement vibe off like that's if you read between the tea leaves that's what you kind of get. Like people feel like, you know, the dad's the coach. Um, he he really shouldn't be getting the minutes the, the minutes that he's being afforded to, and like he feels like his place in the NBA is solidified. And other players don't feel that way. Play, former Clippers don't feel that way. I think Matt Barnes talked talked about this a couple of days after the incident. Like players didn't like Austin Rivers. Like this was a thing. Like in, including our own Chris Paul. Like Chris Paul. Like that was a thing. Like Chris Paul did not like Austin Rivers. They just never clicked. I guess I guess Chris Paul had that same, you know, entitlement kind of vibe off of Austin and it really rubbed him the wrong way. Some people say it was one of the reasons that, you know, led to his departure. I, I don't think that's significant enough, but I mean I'm sure it was it was somewhere in there, right? Um, the annoyance uh, of the Rivers family, right? Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that had something to do with the z- decision. But yeah, I mean, players don't like Austin Rivers, and this was just a thing with the Rockets. Like, the Rockets really got pissed off about this. And after the game, the Rockets, I the, okay, well, first, <laughs> yeah, it starts good and ends good. Right, right. Okay, first we get a report from a Los Angeles beat reporter that. The Rock, that James Harden and Chris Paul got into this huge fight in the locker room, and that security had to be called there, LAPD, and every, everybody on Rocket Scooter was just losing their <laughs> Like, like this felt very a lot. There were a lot of people that that felt this was a possibility, right? Like, like James Harden and Chris Paul clashing, right? So it wasn't it wasn't something that that we were expecting at this particular juncture. Like, it it, was, it just felt like a regular loss. But like that 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 report came out there, and I I felt like. It was kind of irresponsible on the on that beat reporter's part to not confirm the story. To just, I, I guess, a security guard told her that Chris Paul and James Harden had, had gone into some some bit of a skirmish, and that was that. Uh, that that wasn't the story. Like what what was the story was a lot yeah. more entertaining. Um, the Rockets, uh, Trevor Ariza, Gerald Green, James Harden, and Chris Paul stormed the the, the, the Clippers locker room through an apparent secret tunnel um, that, that I guess Chris Paul had known about uh, through his time in L.A. And and they, they I guess Trevor Ariza was just so pissed about at Austin Rivers, he had to co- confront him. So Chris Paul, I guess Chris Paul tells Trevor Ariza about this tunnel. They, 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 they charge the locker room. Gerald Green, who's been on the team for about a month, 
it feels like he has to tag along and <laughs> he's it, a real one right like he's it, a real one <laughs> <laughs> uh i love you agree like i'm starting to grow a, a bit of affinity towards him i'm not, I'm not gonna lie um but yeah um they they, they stormed the tunnel and apparently apparently they just get into the shouting matchup right and meanwhile, like the Rockets sent Clint, uh, this was their original report. Uh, this has since been debunked, but it was just hilarious in real time. Um, the report was that the Rockets sent Clint Capella as a sort of a diversion tactic <laughs> from the front entrance of the locker yeah, room. He's just standing there hanging out. Like they close the door in his face as soon as they see who it is, and he just hangs out there for a while. Was the report <laughs> right? Like they they slammed the door in his face. Like as soon as they saw a six ten Swiss guy. They just closed the door, like, and, I mean, this was just, like, this story was all kinds of chaos. Like, in real time, like, like I feel like I'm not doing this any, enough justice, because in real, you really had to be there. This is one of those moments, like the DeAndre Jordan kidnapping, like, where all the details are unconfirmed, but we, nobody gives a shit, right? Like, it was just, like, we want this story to be true so badly that, like, it, it the facts don't matter. Like it was just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like secret tunnel twenty eighteen. That that was the story. That 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 was yeah. the story we're running with. Uh, yeah, this sto- is a version of a story that existed when NBA Twitter just had a, an all time night. Unbelievable. <laughs> the jokes and the memes and the videos and the photo edits and the drawings. It was all amazing. It was it was it was nuts. Like it was it was absolutely from the minute that first report came out about James Harden and Chris Ball getting into a skirmish, the memes just just they just flew like like left and right, and it was like one of those moments where everybody got the joke, right? Like I think I'm, I think Amino Hassan talked about this. Like when every when when in the entire Twitter when when Twitter gets the joke and everybody everybody understands <laughs> it and they run with it there's nothing more beautiful like when it, everybody's in on it and everybody's making their own memes like i was throwing out my own memes um i saw other people doing the same thing uh people from our own site were doing the same thing they were just throwing out these memes left and right it was just like i mean like th- this the story was crazy like this idea that the rockets had planned this assault <laughs> on on the lock like it, it was sophisticated enough to where they had a decoy like that's just like nuts like i i i it just felt like a, a something like chris paul would totally do this like it like it, it just felt like chris paul would totally tell clint capella all right you go to the front we'll meet you there and like and not tell him anything not fill him in on any of the details as they stormed the back like and my favorite part about this is there were, there were multiple parties in this like it was yeah. <laughs> like it was it was that faction it was the it was the faction of uh Tariq Black, Clint Capella, who who those guys were who were just kind of sort of out of the loop. Um it was it was just it was maddening. I mean it was it was it was awesome. Like it was it was an amazing story. Like like in my opinion after that like the suspensions were that were going to be handed out, like I thought this was going to be I thought the suspensions were going to be pretty severe. Like by all reporting, like it just, yeah, you're not alone. A lot of people thought that too. Yeah, like this, this just felt like it was gonna be a real black mark for the league, and and they'd send a severe message. It wasn't that bad, but even in the in the time being that I thought it was gonna be that, I was like, it's worth it. It's worth it. This night makes it worth it. Like Twitter made it worth it. Like I don't even care if the Rockets. Yeah. Like I, I did, at that point, I didn't even care if the Rockets lost their next three or four games because that was just. Pure gold. That that night, it was just it, it was like the ultimate refresh night where the memes would not stop flowing. Like, yeah, uh, it was amazing because that loss was very miserable. That was a bad loss. It right. sucked. 
But the everything happened after that was a delight. And there was this re- well, there's this moment where we thought that maybe Chris Paul and James Harden got into it with each other. And that brief moment, everybody was worried because that's just the we'll be having the worst case scenario, worse than a loss, right. worse than whatever else. That could we be were a season so ender, right? Yeah, that could be a season ender. That's 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 a huge red flag. But instead, what happened was that they just wanted to at least some of them wanted to go scrap in the other locker room, right? That's that is you know. Maybe it's not great for PR or something, but that shows you that they care. That's a million times better than wanting to fight each other. Look, wanting to fight Austin Rivers is... I don't condone violence, but <laughs> I do condone wanting to fight Austin Rivers. <laughs> like, I, I get it. I get it. So uh, that seeing them suddenly uh, you know, be really pissed off and willing to go... Go, uh, go take some action. A lot of people said, oh, no, it shows how mentally weak they are. Man, it's way better to see them. Uh, man, no, I, I'm, I'm done with that. Like, do, 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 do you know who was saying that? Like, that, that, was, that was Clippers fans, man. Like, the, the, yeah. That was pure Clippers fans that, that wanted to be, like, like they're always the butt of the joke, right? And they so badly wanted someone else to be the butt of the joke this time. And, and it's not this just not the case. Like everybody wanted the rocket. Like everybody was on the rocket side at, at that point. Like everybody loved the idea of the secret tunnel. Like a secret tunnel. Like have you ever heard of that? Like a a, tu- a secret passageway secret to, to tunnel. right, like to another hallway. Like that's just <laughs> something you hear in you hear in movies, man. Like they they they, they coordinated this thing, like. That, that, I mean, according to the reporting, like they just well, stopped. right. I mean, well, eventually you find out what actually happened. Right, and and, and what happened <laughs> well, was at least uh, uh, at least a closer version of what happened. Yeah, right. And, and what happened was was Trevor Reza was really pissed, and Gerald Green went to go back him up, and James Harden and and, Tre- and uh, Chris Paul were the the peacemakers. According to reports, like those were the guys that wanted to calm everybody down. Like this is stupid. It's not worth fighting over. Let's go back to our locker room. Like. That, that that was, but I don't even I, I don't care. Like the, the, what else, what happened in my mind is what what happened on Twitter that night. Like I like I don't care no. what the real story is. Like I hope this is the real story, and I'm gonna pretend like it is because it it just made for an amazing story. Like this is again, I'm never gonna forget about this Rocket Twitter, NBA Twitter. Like we're never gonna forget about this night. This was this this <laughs> night will live on in infamy. It was just. Yeah. It was so fun. Like it, it, well, after- it, it resulted in Trevor Reza having to watch the Warriors game with Bobby Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Which was another, another amazing side effect. Right. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about uh, this, the punishments that are doled down from the league office. So Kiki Vanderway came down and said um, that basically the two that were in the wrong were uh, Trevor Reza and Daryl Green. Uh, apparently those were the guys who were the instigators. Uh, they were the ones that wanted to, that wanted to storm the locker room. They were the ones that wanted to confront Austin Rivers, and um, they were handed down two game suspensions. Which you know it's, it's not insignificant, right? Like like Trevor Reese is a starter. He's important. He's a, he's a glue guy to the team, um, and it, it felt like the Rockets could easily lose the next two their next two games um, because of that, the, these two suspensions. Uh, yeah, because as it turns out, Trevor Reza is pretty goddamn important to the Rockets. Uh, he is a defensive anchor. He's a uh, release valve for the offense when he can actually hit a shot. Uh, he plays a lot of minutes. In fact, keeping his minutes down has been one of the bigger challenges for them. So uh, I was worried about it for sure. Uh, Gerald Green is great, too. I don't want to slight Gerald Green. He's a delight. And I love him being there. But he's not on the same level as Trevor Reza, obviously, in the import. But right. uh, they they didn't lose the next two games. 
Right, they won the next two games, and and those were like two really good teams that they played the next. Like Minnesota's like the fourth best team in the West, and and they got a, a really key win there. Um, the, it felt like they they just they, they were on they were on the the Wolves' throat from pretty much the jump, and they didn't let go. It was like a signature Rockets win that you would have saw in the beginning of the season, right? Like it was one of those like we're better than you, we're gonna beat you, it's over, right? Like the game's yeah. over by halftime, and we're just sitting around waiting for the thing to actually be over, right? Um, and that was that was a key win. That was one of those wins that the Rockets badly needed after a loss to the Clippers, um, and they survived one game of the suspension. And the second game, the Warriors. Okay, so f- fully, to, let's, let's go ahead and be transparent. We we were talking about the Rockets losing this game way before the game started. Like like Forrest and I and everybody on the site, we, we were texting back and forth, and we were fully expecting the Rockets to lose this game. Um, in in crushing fashion like we thought the Rockets would be would have a strong first half and lose and let go of the rope in the second half right that was not the yeah, case we know, we know we know we'll never have nice things except this time we were wrong right that was not the case the Rockets did in fact have a strong first half they let go of the rope for like a brief second but then they came back on top this was like again okay so we've been talking about the Warriors non-stop pretty much everything everything to do with the Rockets pretty much comes back to the Warriors because they've been talking about the Warriors uh, non-stop right like yeah that, that's the point of the team the whole point of the team is to beat the Warriors right the, the central focus of, of this season is to you know try and dethrone the Warriors in the conference finals that that's that's the goal that's the goal Daryl Morey set out for this offseason that's that's the reason they made all the signings they did. Um, this was a key game for them, man. And going into the game, um, they, they they were missing a key cog in Trevor Ariza, um, and and to you know I don't want to you know dismiss this. I mean the Warriors were also losing losing Andre Iguodala, which is I would say is just as important a piece to their team as Trevor Ariza is to the Rockets, right? Like he's one of their central five, um, and. Like that, that's a big blow for them. Same thing with Trevor Reese. So it felt like the floor. This was as balanced of a matchup you could get uh, because all all of the core guys, all the all the star players were healthy. James Harden, Chris Paul, Clint Capella, uh, Steph Curry, KD, Draymond, Clay. All those guys were healthy. This was as close to a healthy matchup as you could possibly get. Um, and it was every bit as advertised. It was a great game from start to finish. Um, James Harden, uh, originally set on a minutes restriction, started the game off hot, three straight threes. Like he, it looked like he, like he badly needed to to come to get out of that slug. Like, I, I mean, we didn't expect James Harden to play like crap for multiple games. I mean, he was gonna, he was eventually gonna come out of the, uh, come back from injury strong. Um, this was the game, man. He came out shooting the ball well. He uh, came out aggressive. Uh, he made a lot of great passes to Clint Capella. Uh, a lot of passes that that went into the books unrecorded unrecorded as assists, but he he set he set the plays up right. Uh, Chris Paul was phenomenal. He was probably the, the Rockets' best player in this game, um, and this was ev- this was what we wanted to see. This like we've only gotten to see one true healthy matchup: Rockets Warriors. Right, that was opening night, and uh, and you know as we know about opening night matchups, there's a lot that goes into that. Right, like ring ring night. Um, tensions are high, uh, emotions are, you know, everybody's all over the place. They, everybody's just gotten back from the offseason, pretty much, you know, preseason games are over. Um, it, it's hard to put too much stock into that. This game felt a lot more meaningful. This win felt a lot more meaningful. Um, 
the Rockets uh, played great defense, uh, as good defense as you could on the Warrior on the Warriors. James Harden, since he's come, since he's come back from injury, yeah, <laughs> been awesome on defense. He's been awesome on he, he he's had um he's he's had a couple misplays here and there, but I mean overall, like I don't know what the hell happened. Like maybe maybe the maybe his hamstring <laughs> was holding him back, man. Like maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seemed to tear a little bit of it off, uh, kind of release the power inside, right? Right, he's he's been awesome. He's been awesome on defense, um, and this was a great win for the Rockets. And, and a lot of their key players stepped up. Their defense again, as good as you can possibly play on the Rocket on the Warriors. Um, I, the Warriors missed a lot of shots, but hey, the Rockets missed a lot of shots so too. So Eric Gordon, right? Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson were not were not hot at all from three point line. They they could couldn't. They you couldn't know, hit Ryan it. only took one. Right, and. and, and and to Rhino's credit, he got like ten boards. He he was actually pretty. He was actually pretty useful in that game. More useful than you would imagine in a Rockets Warriors matchup, where um, players like him are just are just impossible to play, right? And to his credit, he played fine. Like he was good enough to keep on the floor. Um, he provided that spacing, and he was he was a monster on the glass. Like he he got a lot. You felt those rebounds from him, right? And um, I, I I felt yeah. like he I just felt like he had a good game, and I felt like. The Rockets in general, except for maybe Eric Gordon, like everybody had a pretty good, had a pretty nice showing. Yeah, and they had a showing that seemed uh, like it wasn't just pure hot streak. So about this game, this is the most important game of the season. Right. Like not like you know we oftentimes say this is the most important of the game of the season, and as the season gets moves on, usually you say, oh well, they're in a close dead heat for the second or third seed or something. This is now the most important game of the season. They have to win this one. I don't see any game going forward being more important than this one. Nope. Because this game isn't just important for the standings. That's cool and all. It's great. They got they got tiebreaker, which is good in the standings, and they picked up a game on the Warriors, which is also good in the standings. Hey, the, the door has you know the door's cracked open for the one seed. That's all way less important than what actually mattered here. This is their mission statement. That is the goal. There's a. There's actually a good piece uh, on Real GM about this, about how the Rockets are single-mindedly, like monomaniacally seeking to defeat the Warriors. That is the point of the whole team. They need to defeat the Warriors. They need to beat them two out of three times, and they did. The fact that they won two out of three, they got that tiebreaker. They got that proof, and it isn't proof to anybody but themselves. They know now, and they had to know. That's a huge win. It's going to stay with them the rest of the season because now they think, they really think, they can beat the Warriors in the playoffs. Right. And, and what I thought was so key about this game is you can't write them off. You can't write this win off as, oh, so many things went wrong for the Warriors. Yeah, some things went wrong for the Warriors, but a lot of things went wrong for the Rockets. Like, this was a, a fairly balanced game on both side, both ends. Like, it just turns out a couple more bounces went the Rockets' way and they won the game, right? Like, this was as even, even of a matchup as you can possibly get in, uh, in a regular season game, right? This was, um, this was Rockets Warriors at their at their best, and it was it was damn entertaining, man. Like it was a really fun game to watch. It was uh, like it, it was it was difficult to watch at times towards the end because it was just so close, and a couple games could have swung it here and there. Um, yeah, it, it, well, I'll tell you what though. One one thing that was really fun to watch was them getting out in passing lanes. They were ball hawking the Warriors all night. It was it was a hell of a thing to see. Their defense has been kind of bad lately, especially without without Luke uh, when he missed that month. Their defense fell off a lot, but I was impressed. Everybody, 
everybody was communicating. Everybody played to the best of their ability. They worked together, and they made the Warriors pay on on you know, on the defensive end a lot of times. So, like you're saying, this is you could tell that the Rockets wanted this, and they were giving their full game. And people are saying the Warriors didn't care about it. Well, that's no, their the, problem. The, if they that, can't care. Hold on. Like, With all due respect, they, that, that's yeah. bullshit. Like yeah. they absolutely wanted to embarrass the Rockets. Like and and this has been the, the thing with the Warriors and, and their fan base all season. They pretend like they don't care. They pretend like no, you guys like they absolutely cared about this game. Like Warriors fans watched this game intently. I was watching their Twitter feeds. I I saw like you you can't yeah. pretend. Yeah, they're very. I don't care. I'm not mad. I don't care. Constantly assuring themselves that they don't care and are not mad about it. Right. Like, like they absolutely cared about this game. The Warriors play, cared about this game. They played hard. Both teams played hard. Like, and, and like, like, the idea that the Warriors didn't try... Like, no, you're not going to dismiss this win. This was a legitimate win yeah. on, the, on the reigning NBA champions. And I got to say, I'm kind of in now. Like, I'm kind of in on the idea that the Rockets can possibly pose a threat to the Warriors. Like, before I wasn't. Like, I was like... I was like half in, like I like I think before before tonight's game, I was like forty to fifty percent in, maybe even sixty. Like I was like I, I was just kind of leaning there, right? Like now I'm like, yeah, I think they're threats. Like I I, do, I wouldn't favor them at all. Like God no, I would not favor the Rockets in a matchup against the Warriors. But unless I'm, like Steph Curry fell off a cliff or something. Yeah, but I I mean like <laughs> right. If someone comes down from the future right now and tells me that the Rockets won. Like I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't call him a liar. Like I, I wouldn't yeah. be. I wouldn't He'd be like, oh, nice, it worked. Right. Like, like that. That's kind of where I'm at with this. Right. Like, I, I'm in. Like, I've seen enough. I've seen enough. Of this Rockets team. I've seen enough. Of the matchup, matchups. I, I think I'm in. Like, I, I, I'm. I can buy into the idea that the Rockets are le- now legitimate threats to the Warriors. Um, they present enough problems. Uh, in their front court, they they made a lot of key additions. PJ Tucker is probably more important in in a Warriors matchup in any other matchup with the Rockets can play in the postseason. Like, yeah, he is it's so wild. he looks so bad against some other teams, but he looks amazing in every Warriors game. And he's because he's instrumental, man. Like he's he's playing all the big positions. He's he's defending Draymond. He's 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 doing all the switching. Like he's doing all the communicating. He's grabbing all the the key rebounds. Like he's. He is so essential to what the Rockets are doing and, and the Rockets can do in a Warriors matchup. Um, yeah, his value is is, more, is just amplified in these games. And you can tell. I mean, like, in, in that fourth quarter, it was all P.J. Tucker. And uh, all and surprisingly, it was a lot of P.J. Tucker on the offensive end. He made a couple of key threes there. And he made this, this weird floater. Like, James Harden found him for an open... <laughs> Found yeah. him wide open in the lane, and he made this floater that just felt like no, 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 and it went in. Right, like it was one of those, it was one of those shots, it was one of those fluky shots that just went in that you don't expect PJ Tucker to take, but when he does take it and make it, it just feels like he won the lottery, right? Like because th- th- that's that's what you need, man. Like you need stuff like that to happen. You st- stuff like that to happen. You need stuff like like to go in your favor a little bit to. to just on the margins to beat this team. Mike D'Antoni talked about it, man. Like the camera caught him on a timeout where um, he was taught. He was like lecturing the Rockets. Like you got to grab, grab every loose ball. You have to run back in transition. You have to, you have to try. You, you cannot let up anything that, that, you know, that you can easily let, like, you know, prevent, right? Like you have to, you have to be 100% all in all the time against this team. They capitalize on everything. Every Rockets miss feels so heavy in a in a Warriors matchup, right? Like mm-hmm. because it, it just feels like they're going to score automatic. It feels like well, it feels like on every miss that, that you're just giving the Warriors two points, right? 
that's that that's just that's just the type of offense this Warriors this Warriors team is like they're the greatest offense of all time and you cannot let up against them and the Rockets to the to the they were sprinting on every possession like I'm not sure if you sure. noticed they were, every time yeah and every time the the Warriors would give up a turnover or even just like a long rebound they were just cramming it down their throats immediately because they knew they had to do the same thing of them. And if a miss on the one end means a three for the Warriors, they have to make sure a miss on the other end means a three for them. And they were doing their damnedest to make sure that happened every single possession. Right. Um, can we talk about that James Harden step back three for a second? Like, that was just... Yeah, we can. Oh, you my God. You gotta throw daggers if you're gonna beat the Warriors. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm so happy I get to watch this guy play basketball again. Like, like watching the Rockets for those eight games that he was out it was just kind of miserable like it was just this wasn't the same Rockets team it just wasn't the same happy low happy go lucky team that we become so accustomed to seeing this season and last season like it's, it's just a totally different team when he's out there and it hit, watching him hit that three and get his confidence back uh over, over uh, the two-time MVP was just I mean that was just a key, a key win. Like for all the talk that James Harden, you know, can't finish games in the clutch. He makes a lot of careless decisions down the stretch. He needed that, right? He needed that because if he missed that three, Twitter eviscerates him because that's a key yeah. moment. That's a key possession down the stretch that the Rockets wasted. But he makes that three, and it looks so much better. Like it it makes him look like a true closer. And he and James Harden to his he, he needs that. He needs that credibility for people to really buy in on the Rockets. Like he needs that close. Like, like people need to buy in on on James Harden more than anything in the postseason to to buy in on the Rockets. That that's the biggest skepticism, right? That's that's the that's what's holding everybody back from buying in on this Rockets team, right? Um, it's James Harden and his performance down the stretch and his performance in key games. Yeah, and he like you say he did it on both ends of the floor. He hit that step back. Three and he blocked Steph Curry's three immediately afterwards, and that right. sealed the that game. Was a big he, was, he was he made both of the game sealing plays. So th- I feel like this game could not have gone any more favorably for Houston in the end. A giant blowout would actually have been less impressive, in my opinion, because a giant blowout usually just means that something some, went wrong. Everything's yeah, something went wrong for their team, or it's just your night or something. This game was a real game. They stayed ahead by a reasonable amount. They built a big lead. Uh, the Warriors fought back and. The Rockets held them off. They held them off as they were doing the best they could. That's a real game. This is what a playoff game is going to look like. So uh, I, I'm enthused by it. And this is exactly what the Rockets needed. This doesn't prove anything, but it is the op. Like it does not disprove anything at all. If the Rockets are going to be able to hang in the playoffs, as they are going to be able to make pro- supposedly real threat to the Warriors, this is what that game needed to look like. And more than anything, like this raises their expect. Like they have to make the conference finals at this point. There's no excuses. Yeah. Like anything less than a conference finals appearance is a massive disappointment. Like everybody in the in the world, anybody that watches basketball thinks that the Rockets are the second best team in the West and probably the second best team in the league. Right? Like, the, like that's pretty much confirmed at this point. If they if they do not back that up and make the make it to the conference finals. I, I think that's deserving of criticism. I, I think if they get killed at that point, yeah. it's, it's pretty much fair. Yeah, and they need to go after that one seed now. Not right. to the point of you know overplaying guys' minutes, getting them tired and running them and running them out. What they need to do is they need to blow out every team. And I hope that's the plan. I mean, it's got to be always the plan. But, right. the, 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 but the goal is that 
their mentality should hopefully match up to that. They've looked, especially without Harden, they've looked kind of tired and ready for that tough stretch to be over. Uh, the the hope you've got to have here if you're a Rockets fan is that this has kind of lit a fire inside them, and now they're ready to just prove that they can kick any ass that comes their way. And uh, to their credit, they, they get their guys back now. Uh, Trevor Ariza and Gerald Green come back, they're, and Nene's, Nene's back. Uh, Nene was good in, in that Warriors matchup last night. Like In in the last game against the Warriors, Nene was just unplayable because uh, the the Warriors were, were seeking him out on every switch, and Steph attacked him and, and eviscerated him in that first in that second game right of the season. Right, the second game of the season, and he was pretty much unplayable. And this game, he he played. You know, he held his ground. Nene on rest days when when he gets when he gets rest, the guy looks incredible. Like like I posted a picture. Like Nene on on rest days is kind of blah. Like I mean, without a rest day, is kind of blah. Like he's whatever. Yeah. But like when he when he when he has days off, the guy looks like like freaking Anthony Davis, man. The guy plays amazing, like so above his head when he has days off. You saw it in the postseason last year, right? Like those days off are so crucial to how he performs. For some reason, he he just gets. Um, I, I guess his body recovers. He and he 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 gets more spring in his step. He's more agile. He can switch out more and defend much better. Like he plays a lot differently uh, on days off than he does um, than he does in you know when he, as opposed to when he's playing back to backs or whatever, right? Like he looks like a superhuman, right? And Clint Capella looked really great in this matchup in this game. Like Clint Capella is so useful against the Warriors. Like the guy is the guy was finishing around the rim really really well. Like and this is against Draymond. Uh, Durant, like we're talking about the two leading candidates for defensive player of the year, protecting the rim, and he was finishing over those guys. Like I thought, that was a really imp- impressive game for him. Um, and now the Rockets are eighteen and zero with Clint Capella, Chris Paul, and James Harden healthy, and that's a telling stat, man. That's that that that, that stat just tells you, like, at full health, at fully optimized, this team is unbeatable. It literally unbeatable, like at full health. Now, obviously, um, as time goes on, like they're not going to be undefeated forever. But like that, the difference between an, a not healthy team and a healthy Rockets team is just astronomical. I think it's different. I think it's different than a lot of other teams. Like this team reminds me so much of, and don't take this in the wrong way, Rockets fans. This team reminds me so much of the Clippers, like of the last <laughs> five years. And I was a big Clippers believer when I say that. Like I was a, I, I really felt like the Clippers. At full health, with the, with their core four of JJ Redick, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, I really felt like when those four guys are healthy, they can compete with toe to toe with anybody in the league. I thought they had a chance for a championship for so many years. Luck never went their way. Injuries, you know, like happened, right? And, and they they weren't able to do it. And I kind of feel like that with the Rockets, but I feel like the Rockets are a much better version of that. Like. When they're fully healthy, when when their when their stars are healthy, when their core three or four guys are, are healthy, like they're just un, I, they can stand toe to toe with anybody, including the Warriors. I feel like that now. I, I felt like that about the Warriors. I felt I felt like that about the Clippers. And, and and the reason that comparison came to mind was because a lot of people can't buy into this Rocket team in the same way that people couldn't buy into that Clippers team, right? Like people yeah. l- looked at that team. Well, they hate the players. Is a big part of it, <laughs> right? And people looked at the team as a joke, right? Like people thought, oh, they're they're net. They can never do it in the postseason. Um, this it, they're a fun 
regular season team, but they're not really see- like. I feel like the same the same narrative is being crafted about this Rocket team, whether it's fair or unfair. That's that that's kind of the way it is right now. But I, again, at full health, I I believe I'm not sure about you. I believe they can stand toe to toe with anybody. Um, I've just seen enough of this team. I've seen enough of of their defense and how versatile they've been and and just how well they've played as a unit like they, and how well they they've just this team really seems to like each other and i feel like that's important like and yeah Kev, they seem to like each other in a way the clippers never quite did <laughs> right kevin durant talked about this after the after the warriors law after that warriors loss like they were like he was talking about how their the rockets have a pretty strong culture and that starts with how well they interact off the floor, right? Like we saw Bobby Brown, Trevor Reza, and James Harden together all summer together. Like they were hanging out at Astros games. They were hanging out just, you know, off the court, just doing doing stuff. And like through that time, I, I felt like they, they got they got a lot of chemistry. They they, they developed they, they seemed to really like each other, as we said. And I feel like that stuff's important, man. Like you're more likely to tell someone to his face uh, a flaw in in how they approach something if you like them than if you don't like them right and i feel like that that matters in in team building yeah uh winning builds chemistry and chemistry builds winning so uh they're trying to get on this virtuous spiral which i so far so good right i want to talk about something else that that really bothered me after the game uh, clint capella after the game uh said flat out that we think that we think we're better than the warriors um, in fact, he he, just, he he didn't say we think. He said we're better than the Warriors, um, and th- this drew a lot of backlash. And I don't understand the backlash. It's like okay, like these are professional basketball players. You don't think they're extremely confident human beings. Like you don't think like they they're these people who have beat beaten one in a million odds to get to where they are in the league. You don't think that they can be, beat anybody on any given night, and like. It's, this isn't more shock, shocking than anything the Rockets have said all season or said all summer. Like this, this for some reason drew a lot of attention, and the Rockets have been talking about the Warriors all year. Like this, this is yeah. nothing new. Like this is this is kind of nothing compared to what they've said about the Warriors in the past few months. I mean, I, do you remember that quote with Daryl Morey? Um, I think it was after the after the Warriors won their uh, their second their second title um, about how they're a very beatable team. Do you remember that? Yeah. Right. Like, like I feel like that was even more egregious than this. And like, I, I don't even like. I, I heard, I heard someone say it was unacceptable on Twitter. What part about we think we're better than them is unacceptable? Like, is it just that like the Warriors are so supreme that every team in the league has to bow down to them? Like, every, at every corner. Like, I don't understand. Like, what's wrong with the little trash talking? What's wrong with the little? <laughs> Like like that that to me makes the game more compelling. Like that that, uh, that to me is what makes the Warriors compelling is their just brashness and how arrogant and, and how much they celebrate. Like that 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 that's what makes them compelling to me. Like I don't understand why this rubbed people the wrong way. <laughs> well, uh, it's kind of the, the Warriors have won at that point. If everyone's too afraid to poke the bear, right? If everyone's uh, convinced that if you ever irritate them, they will destroy you, then you already then you assume they can already destroy anybody they want to. And you made a really good point. We talk about this that what like they're not going to come out at full force in the playoffs anyway, right? Uh, I I think sometimes this talk about I think you're more or less right that talk about uh, giving people motivation is a bit over overstated. 
<laughs> they're like, oh, well, they were just going to play normal, but now they're pissed off. I mean, they're always going to have a chip on their shoulder. It's probably, it's it's not like a great tactical move, I guess, to say some things that could really piss off the Warriors, but whatever. They're, your, they're the team you hate the most. It's just, it's We're, fine. Uh, what's wrong with being open about it? Yeah. Like, we know yeah. that they're trying to beat the Warriors. Like, they, they've said that publicly. Like, what's wrong with being open about it? Like, the, why dance around the subject? Like, you know you're trying to beat this team. The Warriors know you're trying to beat this team. The, your your moves have suggested that you're trying to beat this team. Like, I don't understand why why beat around the bush. Why not Why not be arrogant and confident about it and say we're we're trying to beat this team and we think we can beat this team like what's wrong with that like i don't understand like like why you have to be so judicious in your diction like why can't you just say straight up we think we're better than them even though it may be you're probably wrong right but like who cares like that's that's what's fun about trash talking yeah and, and in this case uh you know, it's not like you're going to lose any respect in their eyes. They already do not respect the Rockets even a little bit. So, right, like, and and, and the this idea that Draymond needs even more boats and board material. Like the guy, the guy is already fuming after this loss. Like the, this idea that they're not, they don't already want to kick the Rockets' ass. Like that, that's that's just bullshit. Man, like they, they, they have enough bullets and board material. They've lost twice in the regular season to the Rockets. They want to point when when they play the Rockets in the postseason, which is which we both think they they will. They have enough to be motivated about this idea that this one quote is what sets them off. That it's just not true. Like they're they're already an incredible team that wants to eviscerate everyone in their sight. Did you not see last postseason? Did you not see them go sixteen and one? Like that was. They're already an extremely motivated team. I don't understand why this one quote is viewed as poking the bear. Like, I like I mean, maybe it's just me. Like, I don't understand why people still talk about professional basketball like it's high school basketball. Like, like the, I remember earlier in the season, like Chris Paul, and this is kind of a separate topic, but this is a, this is a this is a gripe that I have when, when people talk about the NBA. Like Chris Paul, like made a layup when the game was pretty much over and the Blazers got pissed off, NBA Twitter got pissed off because it was, oh, that was fun. Yeah. It was like an unwritten rule that you can't like when it's, once it's over, you have to dribble the ball out. Like you have, you have to dribble out the game. Like I, this is, this is a professional basketball, man. Unwritten rules don't exist. Like you're going to try to get every advantage you can on every team just because that's what you're, that's what you're supposed to do. That's your job. You're, you're paid to execute at the highest level. You're paid to talk at the highest level. You're paid to do whatever whatever it takes to, you know, win. And I don't, I don't understand, like, why people still treat this like it's buddy-buddy. Like it's, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe I need to get off my curmudgeon high horse. But it's just, <laughs> that, that's just the way I feel about it. Like, this un, this crap about unwritten rules and respecting one another or, or acting like you've been there, that's bull****. Yeah, I... What I'll say is that uh, I think there are there is some decorum involved, but I think that decorum goes out the window if you really hate the other team. And I think we should embrace that some teams only hate each other. Like, yeah, if it's like you wouldn't do stuff like that to the Spurs if you're the Rockets, right? Because they don't they don't really hate each other. They just they have a kind of a amicable relationship, if anything. Uh, and a lot of teams are like that. The Rockets don't hate most teams, but if it's like the Clippers or if it's the Blazers or if it's the the Warriors. Then yeah, they're going to they're going to go ahead and throw caution to the wind, and they're going to break some of the unwritten rules because they're not there to be civil with them. They're not there to have oh 
a good game. Well done. See you next time. No, they hope each other's burns in hell. So they're going to they're going to be mean. They're going to say things after the game. They're going to shoot that last three. All of it is petty. That's the whole point of it. If the games aren't petty, the games aren't very important. Right. This is why we love the NBA so much. It's because it's so freaking like laden with drama. Right. Like more than any other sport in. in in America, man, like like this sport has constant drama, constant entertainment, mm-hmm. like twenty four seven. Like it's why we spent the first eighteen minutes of this podcast talking about a secret tunnel, right? Like that, like that. That's why we love this sport. Is because it's so freaking stupid and outrageous and fun. And this idea that we can't have players that are confident in their ability, and this idea that that you're shocked that Clint Capella would say such a thing. That you're, you're you're outraged about it. Like I don't understand it. And you know, this is I'm, I'm I don't just say this about the Rockets. Like I like I, I say this about unwritten rules in general. Like I, I've been pretty consistent with this team. I remember I remember when Jordan Bell had this crazy dunk uh, in a game where the Rock the Warriors were like winning by twenty or something, and and everybody yeah. got pissed off. Right, and I'm just like, who cares, man? Like the game, the game is over. Like, why not do a ridiculous yeah. dunk? This, this don't go down twenty. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, like that, that's your fault. Like if you're talking about be a professional, that 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 stuff doesn't belong in our sport. Well, how about be a professional and don't be down twenty? Right, like that, like that, that that just I don't know. That that kind of stuff bothers me. This idea about unwritten rules and acting like you've been there, like that that, that stuff t- sounds like a whole bunch of old man talk. That's that sounds like something that belongs in college basketball, not the NBA. Yeah, it's about right. I'm, I'm fine with all of it. I'm just I'm just here for the petty, so uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll have fun another way. I had to get that off my chest. I had to get that off my chest. It, this this kind of stuff irritates me, but whatever. Um, the Rockets are on a hot streak. Uh, they have a couple. Uh, they have a pretty balanced schedule coming up. They, they play the they play the Spurs on February third. They play the Heat next, which is a pretty good team. And they have a couple. They have a couple. Of interesting tests. I'm gonna play a Cavs soon too. They have a couple of interesting tests before the season's over. But this was Are the Cavs by... good. I I don't think they're coming out of the East. <laughs> there's there's not an answer to are the Cavs good. Cavs good. There's no way to know right now. But uh, it's a question we must all ask ourselves. Yeah, but I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say I don't think they're coming out of the East. Like I got like, I'm out on them. Like the, you can't have the 30th best defense and tell me you're gonna flip the switch. And and become like and I know the Cavs have done it before, but they they have never been this bad on defense. They're, they're no, just... but I'm sure it's fine. Anyway, yeah, so yeah, they have San Antonio, Cleveland. Who else is pretty? Oh, they got another Minnesota game in February. Right. It, the rest of January is after Miami. It's Dallas, New Orleans, Phoenix, and Orlando, and they don't have any business losing those games. Right. Um, they should be able to get back to where they were. Um, in, you know, in terms of eviscerating every opponent in sight. Um, if not, it would be a disappointment because like, that's kind of what we expect from this Rockets team at this point. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we had a pretty good podcast here. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Give us a good rating on iTunes if you enjoy the show. And yeah, guys, good night. <laughs>